Hi, everybody. I'm Father Chris Alar, one of the Marian Fathers here at the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy, and welcome to another First Saturday Devotions. And we are in a big one right now because it is the first of the year. Mary, the mother of God, and what fitting topic than to continue our discussions that we've been doing every Saturday, first Saturday, on Marian apparitions, especially those that you've never heard of. And we have two for you today that are powerful, one from Mexico, one from India, that you've probably never heard of, but you should. And as the topic on the slide shows you, these are the best Marian apparitions, again, that so few have heard of, but very powerful. So let us start this new year and this talk by a prayer asking for Our Lady's intercession. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we ask that you send the Holy Spirit down upon us and the spouse of the paraclete, Mother Mary, Mother of God, on this, her day, the solemnity of the Mother of God, to wrap your mantle, Mary, around us and to protect us and bless us for a very merciful 2022. And we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, again, I am pre-recording this talk. This is not live today, but we're broadcasting it live to you in our normal time, Saturday at 11. But I'm going to be joining you on chat. So if you have any questions, you say, Father, I have no idea what you're talking about. You can dial in and ask me the question and I'll answer. Now, pending that something doesn't happen and I'm on an airplane or somewhere, unfortunately. So praise be to God that you're with us. Okay. We're going to do two apparitions today, and then uh, Brother Mark will end this live stream, and then we want you to turn right around and join us for Father Kaz live. He'll be leading us in the first Saturday devotions. So nothing has changed for you at home. All right, so let's get started. Now, these apparitions, the first one is Our Lady of Ocotlan, and this is in Mexico. Okay, and this is a very powerful apparition. Let's show our slide as Brother Mark. Here's a sign there, Our Lady of Ocotlan, and this is a sign from Bob and Penny Lord. I don't know if some of you remember them from EWTN. They were the most incredible elderly couple that looked like they never had a fight in their entire lives. They were just so beautiful. They were such a beautiful couple. God rest their souls. And we'll see a little clip uh, from Bob um, and Penny here in a moment. But this is um, the first one I wanted to talk about today because very powerful. Now, after the Guadalupe apparition in 1531, and everybody's heard of Guadalupe, many Indians became, or natives in that area of Mexico, became fervent, not just Christians, but fervent Christians. And one of these, surprisingly, was Juan Diego Bernardino, but not the Juan Diego you think of. This is a different Juan Diego. Isn't that amazing? Like, Lord, you got to millions of people to choose from. You have to pick two Juan Diegos. So this is Juan Diego Bernardino, uh, not the Guadalupe visionary Juan Diego. This was different. 
he was one who worked for the friars because now the Spanish priests and brothers had come in to this area of Mexico. So the friars were there established, and because of this man's holiness and complete devotion to the Blessed Mother, he served as sacristan for these friars. These are the Spanish friars now that had come from Spain. Now they established a convent here in Mexico. So on February 27th, 1541, just 10 years after Guadalupe, the world changed again. But we don't know this. We've never heard this. All right, Juan, we'll just call him Juan now, was out fetching water for sick relatives. All right, kind of like with Juan Diego and Guadalupe had a sick relative, right? So he's out fetching water, and let's look at our next slide. This is a picture of Our Lady appearing to him. As he entered the forest, he was startled, and he saw a beautiful lady standing in front of him. Now she greeted him with a joyful smile, and she said, God be with you, my son. So look at that picture. How beautiful is that? And she says to him, where are you going? That's exactly what Our Lady said to Juan Diego at Tepeyac in Guadalupe, right? So he said, I'm fetching water to bring to the sick people of my village who are dying with no cure. Now, the lady then said to him, come with me. I will give you a different water that will cure the sickness of your people. Now, who's your people? He's a native, just like Juan Diego. Not only your relatives and friends will be healed, but all others. Now, Juan followed the lady to where a fountain of water was gushing forth. Oh, fount, right? Like the uh, um, oh, blood and water, which gushed forth from the uh, fount of mercy, the, the uh, oh, blood and water prayer from the Divine Mercy Chaplet. So anyway, there was a fountain of water which gushed forth, as he said, and still exists today. This is powerful. So he was shocked because he had taken that path many times and he had never seen that fountain before. So Mary said to him, my heart always desires to help those who are suffering my heart cannot bear to see so much pain and anguish among people without healing them. Drink as much water as you desire. Upon drinking just one drop, the sick will not only be cured, but they will receive perfect health. All of a sudden, Juan realized incredibly that he was speaking with Our Lady, the Mother of God. What a fitting apparition to talk about today when he said those words that I realized I was speaking. He didn't say Mary. He said, Our Lady, Mother of God, which we celebrate on January 1st. So he quickly filled his jug with this miraculous water and raced to the village with this amazing news. Now, <clears throat> he soon became aware of something, though. He himself was cured. He had the sensation, and it seemed like this big burden that he had been carrying was now lifted. And he ran when he wasn't really healthy. He now had a bounce to his step when he was 
mainly burdened before this. So Our Lady had also given Juan a message to deliver to the Franciscan friars at the monastery that we just talked about. <clears throat> and she said, tell the monks <laughs> that in this place they shall find an image of me, which not only will represent my perfection, but also through it I will bring forth my mercy and blessings. I want the image to be placed in the chapel of St. Lawrence. Now, this is where it gets good. Because the Franciscans decided to investigate this astonishing news that they were being told by this peasant. They compared, or I should say, they, I guess I, I'm not sure, but I would think that they would be comparing Guadalupe now thinking, whoa, you know, is this connected? But they went with him, they went with Juan to the forest to find this miraculous fountain. And when they got to the forest, they saw fire. This is all documented by all the monks who were there. And I don't think a bunch of monks are going to lie, especially about God. And so they saw fire. Now they noticed a strange phenomena because this tree was only one tree. It was the tallest tree in the forest and there were woods all around it. There were trees all around it, but only that tree burned. It defied all scientific explanation, they said, because the trees were all sandwiched in there. You know how dense forests are, especially in the new world, before any of it was cut down. And this one big tallest tree is ablaze and the fire is shooting out the sides and none of the other trees burned. So that was the first thing the monks noticed. And so they said, this is defying science. Well, anyway, it was getting really, really late and they decided to come back the next morning. So the friars, now the next morning, with half the town, right, returned in the morning when the fire had stopped. But they didn't know where it was because it was dark the night out before. And so this mysterious set of signs actually directed them back to where they had seen the fire the night before. So the friars did what this guy said that Our Lady promised, this Juan told them, that she was going to leave an image. So he told them to take the axe and they took the axe and they split that tree open, the tree that was ablaze but didn't burn. They split it open. And let's take a look at your screen right now. It's kind of hard to see, but do you see that image? That is the tree. And inside the tree, the trunk of the fallen tree was a statue of the Blessed Mother. Can you imagine? You're a monk and this guy tells you this and they take the ax and they chop the tree and it splits open and there's a statue of our blessed mother and we have that statue today. It exists. It still exists. And so this trunk here is the picture or the image of the mother of God, just like she said. Now, all of the monks fell to their knees and this magnificent five-foot statue was carried in procession to the church where it resides today above the main altar in the Basilica of Our Lady of Ocotlan in the city of Tlaxcala. And that's the place 
I'm going to show you on the screen. This is where in Mexico it is. You can see it's kind of south central, kind of on the east, eastern side of the nation of Mexico. So if you are ever in that part of Mexico, go see this miraculous, incredible statue that they actually still have. Now, it's considered by many church historians to be the most beautiful in all of Mexico. But yet everybody goes to Mexico just for Guadalupe, and they should. But journey on down a little bit farther. Now, I'm going to get into something very interesting because there's a connection with Guadalupe. But before I say that, you know, Our Lady of Ocotlan comes from the word that means the oak tree that burned. Five popes have granted approval to this apparition. And the statue of Our Lady of Ocotlan has been pontifically crowned in 1906. Now, although this is well known in Mexico, it's virtually unknown in the rest of the world. Virtually almost unheard of in the rest of the world. It seems to be completely overshadowed by Guadalupe. And as I said, well, that's kind of understandable. But yet there are so many parallels. This is what makes it so amazing to me. Now, first of all, it happened only 10 years later. Guadalupe was 1531. This happened in 1541. And both visionaries were named Juan Diego. Now get a load of this. The last name of the uncle in Guadalupe, Juan Diego's uncle, remember when he was trying to avoid Our Lady and he was running away and she's like, where are you going? His uncle's last name was Bernardino. The same last name as Juan Diego here in this apparition, apparition of Ocotlan. The second Juan Diego, his last name was Bernardino, even though they were not related. Very incredible, right? So both were converted Indians. Juan Diego was their Christian name, their Spanish name. They were actually Indians, but they were both devoted to Our Lady, most in their entire region. That's who Our Lady uses. Our Lady and their Catholic faith meant everything to these two Juan Diegos. Now, here's what's interesting. In both apparitions, Our Lady gave motherly messages and basically said the same thing. Remember at Guadalupe, Our Lady said, am I not here who am your mother? What do you need? That was basically the message here too. At Ocotlan, Our Lady fulfilled and extended the promises she made at Guadalupe because she said, my heart cannot bear to see so much pain and anguish among the people without healing them. So at Guadalupe in 1531, she asks, what do you need? And in 1541, she sees the suffering and she says, I'm here to help. This is amazing. Now, both apparitions exhibited wondrous and miraculous images of Our Lady, not made of human hands. At Guadalupe, it was a painting. Well, we call that a painting, but actually it doesn't have the characteristics. It's not man-made. And here we have the image as a statue at Ocotlan. At Ocotlan. So let's watch a quick video. I mentioned Bob, for, uh, Bob and Penny uh, Lord. Here's a quick little one-minute video of Bob Lord telling us about Our Lady of Ocotlan. 
A lady is encased uh, on a silver pedestal in a glass case. And in the same year when Carranza's troops came in, actually on June 24th, 1915, they decided to shoot the lady. And so they shot right into the case. But all they did was shatter the case. Nothing ever happened to Our Lady. It reminds us of what happened to Our Lady of Guadalupe when they decided to kill the lady by dynamiting the altar at the Basilica of Our Lady. And the crucifix bent over backwards and the candlestick was completely warped, but nothing happened to the image of Our Lady. You see, the enemy has always known that the way to defeat a people is to take Jesus and Mary away from them. And so when they could not destroy the spirit of the Mexican people, they went after always the image of our Blessed Mother. This image of Our Lady has uh, very interesting qualities. Priests and bishops have testified to having seen the color of her face change to from rose to a pale gray. Uh, at different times during celebrations, uh, at sad times, her face would turn gray. And this is as recently as 1987, a bishop has testified to that. All right, so that's a really good quick little clip. You know, both images survived attacks. And I think that's a very powerful connection. So anyway, the sisters at the Basilica said that healings of all kinds and all kinds of blessings are ongoing at the shrine. So now that COVID has been um, such a problem and perhaps um, we need to turn to Our Lady of Ocotlan, make her well known around the world and to pray for this healing because her message was of healing, healing. So let's ask for her intercession. So just a couple last words. Let's look at our next slide of Brother Mark and show. In 1746, the shrine of Our Lady of Ocotlan was raised to the statue of a stature of a basilica that had a holy door. Remember the holy doors in the year of mercy? And so Benedict XIV in grant, granted a lot of indulgences and privileges and apostolic indults to those who venerate the image of Our Lady of Ocotlan. This is really powerful. So anyway, let's go with the final slide of this apparition. Here's a picture of her. And the description of her is this. It is carved, so let's keep the image on the screen. It is carved as she's wearing a long tunic and a mantle. The tunic you can see is gold with red trim. The red's not real clear there, but it has red trim. And the mantle was blue at one time. Kind of looks more white now because the paint has faded and there's some gold beneath it. But anyway, the statue stands erect looking straight ahead, and her hands are folded in front of the chest. You don't see that very often with Our Lady. And so it's normally this statue is dressed in a cape, and she has a large crown. If we can keep that screen up there, I think she's up. Um, there's a large crown, and that is one of the largest crowns I've ever seen Our Lady wear. And um, that one was, uh, that particular one was put on the statue in 1975. Anyway, she has a lot of rings on her fingers and a silver crescent moon at her feet. Hmm, what does that sound like? Guadalupe, right? So the faithful are still drawing water from the miraculous spring, which is now a well. 
and they are believing in this. The apparition is remembered every year in February with the faithful taking the statue on procession. So good stuff. All right, let's finish now with something that I think is also fascinating. And this is Our Lady of Good Help. Let's take a look at our next slide. This is Our Lady of Good, I'm sorry, Health, not help. I don't want to confuse you with the Our Lady in Champion, Wisconsin. The only Mary apparition in the United States is called Our Lady of Good Help. This is Our Lady of Good Health, right? In Vialankani, India. Vialankani, India. And this is Our Lady of Good Health. Again, not good help, good health. And there's a big difference. Now, this is a devotion from India that is perfect for our times right now. Now, let's take a look at our next slide. The town of Elankani in India, you can see there is in the southern part, that's the more the Catholic part, was a small fishing village off that south central east coast of India. Now, three major events happened here in the 16th and 17th century. These stories are amazing. Let's look at our first one, if we can look at the slide. Now, to me, that looks like a girl, but it's not. It's a little boy holding that jar. And in 1550, this was a shepherd boy named Tamil, and he had the job of going door to door selling milk. All right, now, when he finished, and there, right there he is with the Blessed Mother, when he finished, he would take his milk and the pot back to his master. Now, who lived, he lived in like the next town. Now, Tamil was very tired one day. This is back in 1550. And one morning he was very tired and he, after he did his route of selling the milk, he stopped to get some water and he sat down under a tree and fell asleep. And when he opened his eyes, he was startled to see a most beautiful lady holding a child in her arms. So maybe we could put that last picture back up if Brother Mark can show it, because this is what he would have seen with the beautiful gold Our Lady holding the child. Now, the lady asked for some milk for her baby. So she's holding the child, and she asked this little Tamil, who's a milk seller, for some milk for her child. Now, Tamil, the boy, reverently offered it to her. Then he realized that was the last bit of milk in the pot. Now, remember, God will never be outdone in generosity. So it was the last bit of milk in the pot, and Our Lady thanked him. And it looked like she left. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Mary. <laughs> Drink the last bit of my milk and take off. Well, that's what appeared to happen. Because he gave her the last bit of milk out of his generosity. She took it and she left. So she thanked, the lady thanked him and then was gone. Now, Tamil was worried about this because, you know, he, he owed his master an explanation. And so he worried that all the milk was gone and he arrived back to his master at the workplace. And his master, of course, didn't believe the story. So he got really angry and went to strike little Tamil, but Mary's not gonna let this happen. So as he got super angry, little Tamil's holding the empty pot, 
And all of a sudden, this guy's getting angry because he's got an empty pot. He has no explanation for why he doesn't have some milk left. But when the master looked at the pot again, milk started to fill it. And so all of a sudden, this milk started to begin to fill, not only to the top, it began to overflow and spill onto the ground. This master, who is this grumpy, grouchy guy, all of a sudden is like, whoa, what's going on here? No one could understand where the milk was coming from because it kept, he's just holding a pot and it's overflowing from the pot. And his master and the other people then wanted to know exactly where this lady came from and where this lady had appeared. So Tamil took them there and the people began to believe his story. Now, the people started calling that place of apparition Matakulam, which means Our Lady's Tank or Our Lady's Pond. Very interesting, right? Well, it didn't stop there. There was another apparition. Now, this was also in the 16th century. A poor widow had a disabled son. And every day the boy would limp to a place called Nadu Titu, which was where he would sell buttermilk to travelers. Now, listen to this. One day, a beautiful lady appeared to him holding the same thing, a splendid child. Now, the lady asked the boy for a cup of milk. Same exact thing for her son. So this lady appears holding this beautiful baby and asks this boy, whose uh, mom is a widow, who sells buttermilk, and this lady appears and asks for some milk for her son. Now she asked the boy, then he gave it to her, and she asked the boy to take a message to a Catholic man in the next town named Naga Patanam. Naga Patanam. And she said, I have a message I want you to take. Notice our lady uses us as messengers. Now the boy told her that he couldn't really walk because if you remember, this poor widow had a disabled son. So he was basically disabled. And the boy told her that he really couldn't walk, but she told him to stand up. She said, stand up, and I want you to deliver this message. So what happened? He stood up, and he was shocked to find out not only that he could stand right up, but he could even jump and hop and jump up and down, and he even ran. So this boy who had been lame his entire life suddenly was cured. Now, the reason we believe it isn't because this boy just said by himself that there was a healing. Everybody knew this boy. Everybody knew this boy had been lame his whole life. And so he said, I'm cured. And he ran to deliver the message. Now, the townspeople saw him running and were shocked. It's kind of like Forrest Gump. Remember Forrest Gump when he was, uh, and the people in the towns used to have the braces on his legs. All of a sudden he starts running and people are like, whoa, look at this boy. Well, instead of being a movie, this was real. And this is documented. So the townspeople were shocked. They all knew this guy, this boy, to have been disabled. And now he's running. So anyway, when he reached Nagapatanam, he told him that the lady wanted to give him a message. And she said she wanted a chapel built on the site. Seems to be the theme of Our Lady, right? And he believed the boy because he knew that he had been lame his entire life. Well, anyway, it confirmed a dream that he had had. 
in which the Blessed Virgin Mary asked him to build a chapel on the same spot. So this guy knew this was a true message. Now, this Nagapatanam, he did as was asked, and he built the first chapel on that site of the apparition. This is usually, now remember, we talked about approved Marian apparitions. I'm still back centuries ago. There was no formal Vatican process. So you don't need to send a letter saying, Father, why are you talking about these were not formally approved by the Vatican? The Vatican didn't have a formal approval process then. You know what the number one indicator that an apparition was true is if they built a basilica on the spot. Because that just doesn't happen at a whim. That can only happen by the grace of God. And so this is what they saw. They saw this building of this new church. And so they believed it. So he and his fellow workers dedicated the church under the title of Our Lady of Good Health. Because it was these people that didn't have good health that were now being helped. All right. So final example of this same apparition in India was later in the next century, a Portuguese ship was caught in a vicious storm. And this is where we're going to end the talk today. In the Bay of Bengal, right? And, and here I'm telling you guys, put your cell phones off and I didn't. So in the Bay of Bengal, there was this vicious storm and the crew members began imploring the Blessed Virgin Mary as the Blessed Mother, Star of the Sea, to save them. So they're asking Mary, Star of the Sea, to save them during this storm. And they promised her to build a church to honor her if she would help. Well, the seas, right after that, calmed completely down. Again, we have the whole testimony of the ship, all the sailors. And the crew landed, guess where? On the shores Vialankani, Vialankani, uh, Vialankani. And so it's the exact same place. So they landed on these shores, and guess what? The date was September the 8th, which was the feast of the Nativity of Mary. But you know what else September 8th is? The feast of Our Lady of Good Health. So they landed on the exact date in the exact location of Our Lady of Good Health. <laughs> Amazing. So the sailors did as they promised, and they rebuilt the thatched chapel into a stone church, right? Now, they came back later on their next visit, and they decorated the altar with porcelain plates. They illustrated biblical themes. They just made the church beautiful. They reinforced it. And these plates that give testimony to the thanksgiving to Our Lady are there today. They're still there today. They're seen today around the throne of the miraculous statue of Our Lady of Good Health, which is over the main altar of the Basilica. So if you're ever in India, that's the place to go. Now I'm going to show you the last slide because here's a picture of it. John the 23rd elevated the church in Vailankani to a basilica in 1962. Look at that place. That's incredible. Only the best for God. It's so beautiful. And today they call it the Lords of the East. So very powerful that nobody knows about it. You know, today there's almost 30 churches dedicated to Our Lady of Good Health. 
Again, different from Our Lady of Good Help in Champion, Wisconsin, the one and only Marian apparition in the United States. But anyway, these churches, three of them are shrines and one is a basilica. So we want to finish by saying, Our Lady of Good Health, watch over us and protect us as this pandemic continues. Get rid of all lies, deceit, virus, and sickness. Get rid of this effect of the evil one. Many, many miracles have been reported at this Basilica of Our Lady of Good Health. So if you ever get there, please visit. Yes, it's not formally approved, as we said, but it's improved in tradition because traditionally approved by the fact that a basilica was built there. So praise be to God. And before we go, and Father Kaz will be shortly, Brother Mark's going to shut down this um, uh, particular live stream, and then we're going to come back on live with Father Kaz, who's going to lead us through the Saturday devotions. But I want to just uh, show you on our screen, become a Marian helper. This is such a powerful amount of grace. You know, all these stories of Marian apparitions are based on grace. And here we see one of the most awesome ways you can get grace. Doesn't cost anything. Doesn't take any time. Visit micprayers.org. And there, simple, just takes a couple se uh, seconds. You can become a Marian helper, no cost. And I've said before, it doesn't matter if you donate a dime. That's not what this is about. What this is about is to get you a lot of grace for you and your family. You're going to enroll your whole family. This is a beautiful grace because when you become a Marian helper, you share in all the graces of our prayers, penances, rosaries, chaplets, just like you were a Marian of the Immaculate Conception. That's a true member of our family. And the promise from the Holy See, the decree of the Holy See, not from us, says that you will receive the same grace that I get as a Marian priest simply by being a Marian helper. That's the beautiful part of a spiritual benefit society. Again, Father, I can't donate anything. That's fine. God will put on the heart those who can take care of us. And if you're not one of them, that's okay. But all of us need grace. So please consider that. Now, last couple of slides is I have a CD, or excuse me, a DVD out called Explaining the Faith. This is a series of talks that we've been doing. Um, this is my 13, first 13 talks. You can get it at shopmercy.org or by calling 800-462-7426. Get it on DVD, help spread the message, uh, especially um, be apostle of divine mercy. And finally, my last two books, um, shopmercy.org also has my new book, um, Understanding Divine Mercy. This explains everything you need to know. Uh, beautiful, beautiful gift that the Lord has given us in his mercy is explained in that book. And finally, if you know anybody who's struggling from suffering, not just suicide, but any kind of suffering uh, or loss, please visit us at suicideandhope.com or call 800-462-7426, that same number, or shopmercy.org and get a copy of Jason, Brother Jason, and my books, uh, After Suicide. It's not just about suicide. I use that as a story, but the concept is the same. How can a good and loving God allow suffering, and how do I get through it? If anybody is struggling, this book is for them. 
whether they've lost an individual for any reason, whatever the cause might be, this book will help. So God bless all of you. And just in five, less than five minutes, Father Kaz will be with you live. Brother Mark's going to shut down this live stream. We'll be back up with Father Kaz. Stay with us and join us for the first Saturday devotions. This is a big one because it's January 1st. Mary, the mother of God. And may almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.